Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Tech Niche Tips. I am your host, Joseph M. Smith. And like always, family, I'm so happy to have you with us. But I'm not alone. I actually have a sister in crime. And what I mean by crime, I mean that we actually have both a musical background. She studied classical music as well as I did, but probably to a greater level, of course. <laughs> and so I just wanted to bring to the stage someone that has a great story that I know that you'll resonate with. And that is Tamara. Hey, Tamara, how are you doing, sis? Is everything well? Hey, yes, I am great. Woof, woof. <laughs> and woof, super happy woof. to be here. Thanks so much, Joseph, for inviting me uh, to speak and share. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm really excited to get into this conversation with you and talk about your journey, talk about the mindset and everything that led you to be a sales engineer and, and other things that you're doing as well. So we're going to get into that. But before I do, you can see we have our hats on today. Um, I have my hat on from Apostle Brand. That is actually the one of my friends. He has a brand. He does shirts. He does he does dad hats and other things as well. I'm going to post his link in the description below. Please check out his gear. It's awesome. You're going to love it. And because I, I know love I it. loved it. Yeah, it's really cool <laughs> stuff. Uh, and so with that being said, family, you know how this goes by now. It's the boots to the brain. Boots is symbolic Ooh. of the journey one takes. Brain is symbolic of the mindset one has to not only be where Tamara is right now, but to scale from there. So Tamara, without further mm. ado, let's start from the very beginning because the beginning is a great place to start. Take it away. Yes. Okay. That was a musical reference. <laughs> Sound of music. If you know, you know. Um, I am Tamara, as you guys can see. And um, where at the beginning shall I start? Um, I grew up in Jamaica. So my family is Caribbean. Um, so I'm a Caribbean American person. And I, my journey kind of starts, um, I moved from Jamaica by myself to live in the States. And I uh, was pretty much on my own in a sense. And I think that's the, I have to start there because that's where I developed a lot of um, my grit. Um, and I haven't shared this much detail with other people, but um, not having such a stable upbringing, I think it caused me to find stability within. Um, so when I moved to the States, I, uh, a, lot of, a lot of things opened up. I was very much interested in um, choir because we had choir in Jamaica, but it wasn't to the level of how things were here. And so when I went to academy, I was like, oh my gosh, I could be in the choir and they sing choral music. And I was super excited about that. And then we had someone come and talk to us about um, their major, which was in music. And I had my first voice lesson with this um, beautiful, amazing singer, Brandy Sutton, calling her out, shouting her out. You guys should look her up in a city near you. She sings everywhere. And that was where I was introduced uh, to opera. And I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, and so that's how my journey started. I went to undergrad for music performance. Um, then I went to grad school and eventually I tried to, um, I attempted to earn my doctorate in it. And as any story <laughs> goes, I, um, I was singing and I fell in love and then ended up in a different country. But sadly, that um, was not a very healthy situation for me. 
And um, out of that situation, out of that marriage, I had a daughter. So this is where things started to pop up. This is where I started to think, what can I do? How can I get myself into a secure situation, a safe situation? And um, how can I provide for my daughter? I loved music, um, but it until you're at a certain level, you pay to, you have to fund your career. So I always had tons of jobs um, that I used to fund my career. So I would say, I, I say I'm an opera singer and that was my profession, but <laughs> my daytime job is really whatever I could do to, to give me money. And so that included teaching, uh, clerical types of jobs, uh, sales jobs. Um, and so I kind of looked at all of this experience and that's when I started to come up with what I could do. What, what is it that can get you from point A to point B? Um, the first thing I thought was, I don't want to be doing something really boring. I need to be um, in, an, in a career that still uses my brain and I'm creative and I want to incorporate all of those things. So the first stop was UX design. Um, and I, I still am very much interested in, in that. However, um, the situation that I was in called for me to make a switch more rapidly. And so I thought I started thinking about things that I already had. What were my unique uh, traits? What kind of soft skills have I gained from all of my career experience or all of my job experience, experience should I say? And that is how I stumbled upon pre-sales or being a sales engineer, solutions consultant. You guys know it has many names. And um, I don't know if, uh, you jo if Joseph wants to cut me off and ask any questions, but I can continue. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's- Well, I'll, I'll come in here, God. She says she's from Jamrock. What? Yeah, Jamrock. That's <laughs> well, right, Jamaica. <laughs> Jamaica. <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny. My family's actually from Guyana. and um... Oh, my, my grandma's Guyanese. What? Guyanese. Look so at my that. family's mixed up, mixed up. Yeah, we have all of that. <laughs> wow, you're from all over. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. That is amazing. Because I want to, mm. you know, I don't know if you, uh, viewers, you know this. I like to peel the onion back. So Come I don't want to skip it. over that thing because that's a great context. We have a lot of people from different backgrounds. And many yes. of them from are from the Caribbean background, similar to us. Talk about growing up in Jamaica. How was that experience mm. for you? Well, it was great. I mean, my family is Caribbean. So, and I'll back up even further because I like I claim Jamaica, but my family is Trinidadian, Guyanese, Bayesian, we got all, it, all of it mixed up. You're Caricom. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, for me, after when I was, I grew up in New York. So until around seven, my, my father died. And then we moved to, um, Jamaica because my mom got a job working at NCU y'all know you know and um that's when I moved so from seven on to 13 um I was in Jamaica it was a it was a change I mean I think my childhood was I would say was great we spent a lot of time outside uh, my stepfather has a farm so there are tons of stories about running away from cows, almost dying in a stampede, <laughs> like a lot of a lot of crazy stories. But um, it was happy. It was filled with a lot of happiness. Um, it's a simpler life for sure, because um, 
you don't have as much, but because you don't have as much, you don't know what you don't have in a sense. And um, that also added to my character, the only difference at the time, I was, I'm a strange person. I would say that I was an even stranger kid. So I was very much, um, I was definitely like a hippie. And that was not, when you, when you go to smaller places, I wouldn't say small places, but um, more traditional countries, um, and I've lived a lot of different in a lot of different countries. You you realize that um, one thing we're blessed with in America is you know standing out is accepted. Um, and in smaller countries, I lived in Austria, lived in South Korea, lived in Spain. All of those places um, they're more traditional. It's smaller, you know. That's so things are the whole idea when you're there is to kind of go right and so it was a little bit hard in that sense for me because I was always like very creative <laughs> and I was I have ADHD so I was all over the place um so me moving to America to um Alabama was one of the best things for me and it's opened me up to um a lot of opportunities that I wouldn't have had otherwise so <laughs> wow 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 that's my that's spiel what- <laughs> but you 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 went from wait i was in jamaica Trinidad, you went everywhere all over the world wow pretty and, much yeah <laughs> and could you could you i, I don't want to go ahead right now but mm. and th- that experience of traveling all over the world was that something that happened when you were older like when did you start traveling like to that mm-hmm. so so um if you are caribbean you know like a lot of times it's not uncommon to move abroad with like a, a family member so when we were little my fam my sisters and i stay with my grandparents in trinidad um so i've been moving and living and traveling since i was six months <laughs> at least um when I was in college, that was when I started, I studied abroad. Um, I studied Spanish in, um, in college. So I went to Spain for a year. And then after I graduated, yeah, after I graduated, um, I was in a tough spot. Um, I didn't get um, into grad school directly and I was really, really bummed out. So I decided, I was like, I'm not singing ever again you know, as we do, <laughs> dramatic flair, I um, actually started to teach English in South Korea. And I loved it. Um, I loved it. If if I stayed there, it would have been very hard for me to leave. I, I'll say that. Um, however, uh, I started taking lessons with someone, a teacher in Korea. And that's when I started to fall in love with music again. And when I got back, my voices had developed and um, my teacher in the States was like, you need to apply again for grad school. And I was like, Ugh, I don't want to, um, but I did. And I got into the school that I wanted to. And um, it was one of the best experiences for me. I got, I think that was like one of the highlights of my life, uh, living in San Francisco. And um, I got a lot of exposure. I, I learned a lot. I saw how far how small I was which is um when we Mm. talk about career switching and um transitioning that's something I always um try to to express to people like with learning you realize that you don't know anything and that's not a bad thing and that goes into imposter syndrome it's it's okay to not know and I maybe because I can't pick up so much on a lot of social cues sometimes 
I ask questions and even though it can make me seem silly or, or like, I don't know, you know, I don't know anything. I'm okay with it. Um, because I don't know. And that's the only way I can learn. Um, and so that's the approach I've taken in almost everything. Um, since, since that experience in, in grad school, going into an all, pretty much an all white situation, um, school, um, being one of the only black people. And I think that was a time in my life I felt extreme imposter syndrome to the point that it was like debilitating. I couldn't, I, would, I developed um, performance anxiety because I just felt like I was never at the level. And then I got um, this man, um, I, had a, I had two wonderful teachers in that experience, but um, one of them is an amazing teacher very famous teacher. And um, he told me, Tamara, you have to start. You just, you're never going to be perfect. So just get out there. You need to be singing. And that was something that really changed my perspective. And it's something that I not only carried it within my musical um, journey, but I, I try it now. Um, yeah. Don't mean to jump all over the place here. No, no worries. But... I, I, my wife, my <laughs> wife, she's like, I, I self-diagnose myself as ADHD. And so she that's what mm -hmm. she says about herself. And so she's like, she's kind of the same way. So I'm I'm following your train and I love it. Yeah. Wow, this is gonna be a y'all stay tuned, put your buckle, put, put your seatbelt on. This is gonna be a banger. So it's let funny. me just go back a little bit there because you were talking about I'm imposter worried. syndrome. Um, mm -hmm. I have some I have a lot of questions about the world stuff. We're gonna get to that in a second. This might mm -hmm. be a part series. Let's see. Uh, yeah, but sure. in regards <laughs> in regards I don't know how I'm so blurry. Part, yeah. Oh no, you're good. You're good. In, uh, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We all have we have fun here. In regard okay. <laughs> to what you were talking about, though, I want to point to that because we experience posture syndrome in various different ways. Some people might experiencing that, you know, as you're going from situation to situation. I know I experienced that when I experienced that in multiple different places. I experienced that when I moved mm -hmm. to uh, Guyana, and I was actually my parents. I don't know if you know this. Uh, if you didn't hear that that episode, I was talking about this where. My parents, they have a home for street children in Guyana. That's why we moved back. And oh, when wow. I was living there, they had about, we, you know, I went to school and I went to an American school. So that's with like mm -hmm. diplomats, the wealthiest, yeah. the wealthy in the country. So I'm going to school with the wealthiest and I'm coming home to the, the marginalized. And I'm like, where do yeah. I, where do I stand? Where do yeah, I, where exactly. do I in this equation? So mm -hmm. imposter syndrome can look in various ways. It looks different yes. for people in various ways. And I think sometimes, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this because this is something that I thought was very interesting. Will Smith said one time in the Breakfast Club, it was him and Martin Lawrence that were having an interview talking about Bad Boy 3, the production promotion mm -hmm. of it. And he talked about the Will Smith, the Fresh Prince persona that he had to kind of come into play with because it opened doors for him. Fresh Prince allowed him yeah. to have a career and all these different things. And so now he's like, but that persona is not working for him anymore. Exactly. <laughs> People aren't exactly. laughing at the same jokes. People are kind of like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes imposter syndromes can make us feel as though we have to become something that we're not Oof. really, that we're not. And so one of the things I want to challenge people is be your authentic self as you're going through this tech sales journey. Be Come the on. stuff that you were created to be because that is what people are going to receive you as. And I remember I, I, there were situations and this was an unfortunate situation where I, be, I was somebody that I wasn't not I was not really supposed to be at like a couple jobs ago. And it was it was a dream job for me. But mm. I ended up kind of feeling like I botched it because I was this caricature of a younger version of myself that mm. 
that person being that person opened doors for me. I was able to, you know, sing in different choirs and be in different yeah. places because of that persona that I had and as a child. But as a grown adult, you don't bring that with you when you're in a new situation. You mature, right? And mm. you become a different person. You grow. And so that's something I just wanted to talk about is like, you may feel like you have to become somebody to be in tech sales, whether it's being a solutions engineer or a sales engineer, I should say, or a SDR, AE, be your yeah. authentic self. That's what people want to see. Now, I have a question for you, Tamara. Let's talk about rejection, because I know as a as a musician, for sure, we're we're very sensitive. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, it sounds like you experienced that. That's probably what held you back from going to graduate school. Could you talk about that experience where you may have experienced yeah. rejection? Yeah. OK, so I am like. I mean, rejection go way back. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. um, oh, I, I got apologize. I I was gonna say this, but I didn't mean to say it. My condolences for you and your father. Oh, um, it's thank you. <laughs> I know it's I know it's I know it's like early it's in the conversation, time, yeah. but I wanted to say that because it never it never gets easier. We just remember. Yeah, it just, it just remember things differently. But yeah, go ahead. Thank thank you so much for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, rejection. So. I think it was so much. There was there was a lot happening um, in my life during that time. Um, as we, you know, we're young. I was in a, a long relationship for a college relationship, and that was um, rocky as well. Um, and I did an audition. It wasn't just that the the flat out rejection. It was going to have um, lessons with teachers like a trial lesson you can do that you can get a trial lesson see if you like them sometimes they'll refer you if they like you and this woman um and I'll never forget it it was in Boston I'm not gonna go over the the place the school but this woman um had a lesson with her and she was like are you sure you don't want to just do this as a hobby like some people can just do these things as hobby I just don't think you have it have it in you for a career. I don't think you can do this. And when you're already kind of low, um, that kind of, it, especially when you don't know who you are and don't trust your value, you definitely take any, any and everyone's input and take it to heart. And so like, I think that was the first time I let feedback get, get to me. Um, I think I was already defeated personally in general. Um, and then, you know, all of the rejection, I never, um, rejection never ends. I'll just let you guys know that rejection never ends. You always, um, you can apply to one job and then get rejected, then get the next one. Or you can apply to five and not get any of those. <laughs> rejection um, never stops. It's about how you deal with it. And I have chosen, um, this is, these are all choices that I'm making um, consciously now to just realize that, okay, that is not, that place is not for me. You know, people say that all the time, like, oh, is, what is for you is for you, that kind of thing. But you have to really believe that that place was not for me. If I didn't get mm -hmm. it, if they didn't see my value, then, then I don't want it either, you know? And my, it goes, it kind of goes to saying so my good. sister, my sister always be like, you guys don't have no shame tree. Like, and I always laugh at that because and I, I like to talk, I bring in personal um, stories because my personal life is, is what motivates me to do well in my professional life. And so being mm -hmm. in the relationships that I've been in, um, they've always been very, very negative. And um, yeah. I always, I have a, a quality about myself. Is, 
you have to learn. I'm, I'm giving you many things. Everyone learn to learn your value, learn about the things you can talk, um, the things that you can talk about yourself in a positive way. It's not being conceited. It's not being cocky mm. or anything. It's being confident and speaking to your value confidently. And so um, this is something I've been really working on just being like, yo, Tamara, you have this, this, this. Why wouldn't anybody want to take me as an employee? But it took a while for me to get there. And going back to the shame tree, like I would date people who um, I would support so much mm. that it, it would take away from me, even though I have a personality that will shine. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I would always hide behind that person because mm. I wanted them to have the light. And um, it kind of, my sister's like, I'm not going to date nobody who doesn't want me. And I mm. can take this and put it into this. I'm not going to, if you don't want me, <laughs> then it's fine. We, we both don't need each other. And so that's how I look at rejections now. Okay. I'm not what you're looking for. That isn't uh, to take away from my value or what I have to offer. Mm. Um, that just means that someone else is going to get me. And that comes with a lot. And so that is how I deal with rejection now. I don't take it personally. I say, okay. Um, and I always ask for feedback. I always ask, or I actually think about um, what I can do to be stronger, you know, especially once you've gone in and you know, you killed that interview. And then, you know, they're like, sorry, we went with somebody else. Okay, that's fine. So if there's nothing that I could have done better, um, that means it just wasn't for me. <laughs> and so, uh, that's kind of how I do it now. Um, and I learned that from singing, honestly, <laughs> I got rejected. It's always an objective thing. Um, may not be the voice they're looking for. I know what my voice is. I know what it lends to. Um, and say if I'm in a competition with like bigger voices or, um, more lyric voices yeah. and that, that's, you know, just more lingo, but yeah. If they went with a certain voice and it's not my type of voice, then I know that I'm just not what they were looking for. And so it's, it's just as easy as that. <laughs> but easier said than done, for sure. But I'm telling you right now, <laughs> T, there's a lot of people that are, you are, you, they're like, they have tears in their eyes right now based on what you said. <laughs> they said, I see myself in what Tamara is saying right now. I see that it was rejection after job after job because I, I we're, we're talking about life here, right? We're talking mm -hmm. about life here, family. And so as a singer, Tamara's a face, face rejection. In life, she's face rejection. Mm -hmm. And you may be facing rejection as well. And so I want to encourage you right now as you're listening to the sound of my voice to not give up hope because yes. on the other side of that rejection, there's a yes for you. All hey. you need is one. You don't need you don't need a plethora of yeses. You just need one yes. And as I say uh, to those that watch, you know that I'm affiliated with Course Careers, and so we do offer digital marketing. We do offer uh, now, now I'm drawing blanks. Tech sales <laughs> specifically <laughs> as an SDR. At, you know we, we do offer IT as well. Different ways for you to go through this. And, and I want to encourage you right now. Do not give up hope. Keep the faith. All you need is one yes in spite of all the rejections you may be experiencing right now. I love it. I oh, love there it. are people that are like clapping right now, stomping their feet. They're stomping. The they got something to eat. They did. They're running. <laughs> they, 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 they running around the house. They're running around. Hey, 
right. They he's, like, he's, thank he's, you. Uh, he's, yeah, exactly. He's giving a word today. They they go in. <laughs> oh no, you 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 too, you too. That they this is this is helping a lot of people. So I'm so I glad. So. You... I hope so. I mean, I I do want to piggyback yeah. and feed off of what you were saying in terms of um. Please so this do. is guy going forward in in the journey. Um, what do you do when you've made that decision for yourself that you want to go into another uh, profession? Mm-hmm. And um, like Joe said, hey, you have um, tons of resources, free resources. You can look on YouTube and learn almost anything. Yep. Also, um, stuff like co- uh, course careers. I went through PSA um, and there are tons of other ones that yep. um, when you feel like you are not <laughs> you're you you getting you're tapping into that imposter syndrome there are ways to combat that um i also know like when it comes to anxiety or any kind of imposter syndrome a lot of times it goes back to preparation um anytime i had a lot of anxiety performance anxiety it would be because i <laughs> i was not i didn't feel like truth. i knew it cold you know what i'm saying <laughs> oh, yeah. so uh that you know the best way to arm yourself because um, you're going to have imposter syndrome regardless, but the best way to arm yourself is being prepared, um, trying to um, get as much knowledge about the, the career you're interested in and um, putting that work, <laughs> put that work in. That's, that's very important. It's, I know we talk about like, or Black people, you know, we're all trying to help each other get into the next phase of our lives. Um, but I always want to stress that it is not, um, it's not easy. It's easy to try to do it, right? To get into it, and, but you need, it's, it's not just easy work. Once I'm in tech, I don't have to do anything and I'm just gonna have money coming. There is, you have to work. You have to really work at it. It's not as easy as just taking a course and then getting a job. Mm. There's so much work that goes into it and beyond because you have to maintain it as well. So um, while you guys are preparing and while you're looking, remember that that this is not going to be an easy journey and you wouldn't want it to be easy anyways. Like Mm -hmm. we all want, we all want that. I I played a lottery sometimes. You know what I'm saying? We want that easy, (laughs) fast money. However, um, anything of value takes time and takes a lot of work. So yeah, we're going to talk about that because that's such a good point. Um, we're gonna talk about that when we get to the mindset because I know you're gonna be able to talk about that. No, you're good. You're good. I'll be jumping. I, hey, hey, hey! I'm catching it. I'm catching it. No worries. No, you're you're definitely talking about some real things, and we're definitely gonna dive into that. I'm gonna piggyback on what you say, and then I'm gonna transition mm-hmm. to something else though that I think is gonna be really good based off of what you were sharing. Awesome. But in re- in regards to what 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 Tamara said about about have knowing it cold right mm-hmm. that's that's a terminology of saying like you know this is the back of your hand you know it like mm-hmm. your name right mm-hmm. and so oftentimes i think the gap is this and this is what i learned from dr myron golden is that sometimes we get knowledge and we settle with that and we're like oh we're good i have the knowledge but oh no there's a formula to it so there's knowledge plus understanding right mm-hmm. so it's not enough to know what to do you understand what you need to do, right? Those two things are very powerful in itself. But then the exercising of that is skill, right? Mm. Knowledge plus understanding. As you work and develop that and you're utilizing the, the knowledge and understanding, it is skill. And another mm. word for skill in the biblical Hebrewic way is wisdom. Catch that, catch that, y'all. <laughs> so 
in order for you to use wisdom, making the right mm. decision, all the different stuff, you need to the, take the knowledge, mm. get the understanding, develop the skill. Yes. Take the knowledge, get the understanding, yes. develop the skill, stack mastery upon mastery as we learn as musicians in order to get to the next step. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to just leave that as a pin right there. Y'all could pause, take notes, <laughs> go back, whatever you need to do right there. But I'm going to go back to your worldwide experience. How mm. has your world experience been able to prepare you for a role in tech? Hmm. That's a good question, I think. Um, and it's not necessarily one I've had before, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I think this is a, it's a really good question, but it's not. Okay, now I'm not blurring anymore. So um, I think my worldwide experience has definitely influenced how I relate to people and how I understand, um, how I approach things in general. I will be the first person to tell you I'm not the most aware (laughs) of what I say. I kind of am one of those people, I just say it and then think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But um, living abroad has definitely it's made me pay a little bit more attention um, to, to other people. And I think that makes me um, really great ally. Um, I do a lot of work at my company with the DEI um, communities and initiatives um, because I, I'm empathetic (laughs) to other situations. And as a sales engineer, empathy is one of the biggest, um, the biggest ticks you can get if you if you say you're empathetic in an interview they will be like oh yes we want empathetic sales engineers because it allows you to put yourself in someone else's um position see their perspective and so when you are talking to um a prospect about pain points you're able to actually see it from their perspective and um internalize that and and actually present them with a solution um and they can, like you talked about being authentic, they can actually feel that, wow, she's actually, he or she's actually getting it. Um, and they, it will form great rapport and help you build those customer relationships. Um, not only that, it helps you work cross-functionally very well. Mm. So I um, am good. so, so proud. I'm so, you know, and humbled, proud and humbled to have been entrusted within like my first couple months to work on a product launch and I had no idea what I was doing however my um my managers trusted me they're like you'll figure it out um and it gave me insight to other uh careers (laughs) like and it opened the door like I I got to work with so many different people and see what they did and how um how do we come up with these products what are they solving and um it just allowed me to work with so many different people and each of them thought I was a joy to work with. I thought they were great too. Um, but I think that comes from my experience living abroad, having to talk to so many different people, having to meet so many different people and living within their cultures. It makes me a little bit of a chameleon. Um, so I think those are, that's the answer to the question. I can go on and on. (laughs) 